you bums, Spartans, Penn State, the Badgers, we gon' spank a lion eye, Michigan Wolverines, a bus will make you pay. It's Buckeye Nation forever, we think Woody Hayes, the realest to rock the stages, King Arden Wallaby, as far as the Florida Gators, we hope and pray to play it in a horseshoe, we gon' bury you to go undefeated. Scarlet and gray, there's nothing else that I can say. We miss all the players who went pro. Archie Griffin the Great. Oh state, oh state, Scarlet and Gray, oh state, oh state, it's the Scarlet and Gray, the Buckeyes is the name. Scarlet and Gray, Scarlet and Gray, oh state, oh state, we the best in the game. Scarlet and Gray, Scarlet and Gray. Scarlet and gray, scarlet and gray. We represent old state in the scarlet and gray. The Buckeyes, the Buckeyes. And welcome to another edition of In the Shoe. I am your host, Jay Money, alongside the host with the most smoke. It's your boy, King Art, back again. Glad to be here. How you doing? Hey, man, I feel great. It's episode three, and uh, that means we're on our way up, man. That's what it means. We got a lot in store for the show today. Uh, hey, <laughs> I feel excellent. I'm pretty sure all the OSU fans feel the exact same sentiments. Yeah. What a, win- what a weekend, you know, both in college and uh, NFL, you know, so. Uh, hey, and yeah, even the basketball team pulled out a squeaker last night with a Last second three by Michi Johnson, man. Shout out to the basket bucks real that, quick. That was an amazing shot, though. It was. Took down one of the top seeds. But uh, we're going to get in, into this show. Um, OSU's got us feeling pretty swaggy right now. Pretty swagalicious, man. Henceforth the gear. I got the shades. I got my, my buck nuts on, my necklace and everything, man. Uh, we ready to get busy, man. Uh, they got me feeling on a natural high today, man. Yeah, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out to to my boy Mike Skrilla for the new T shirts for in the shoe. As you can see that we got them on. Oh um, man, the game was the game was uh, amazing. You know, last uh, over the Saturday, but we were without two two stars on the team. Yeah, wide receiver, right receiver, Emeka Buka and. Uh, Linebacker Paley Galeotti. I'm pretty sure I didn't say that right, but uh, y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, you know, uh, Ameka is a big part of the special teams unit with running kick kickoffs back. He's done an excellent job all year, but uh, with a 56 to seven thrashing, we didn't really need him too much. So uh, it's a good thing to get him rested up, get him ready for the for the big game this weekend. The game. The game. The biggest game. And, you know, with Pele being out, that sort of hurt our linebackers a little bit. But then again, we really didn't need him right now. So, hopefully, they're both well rested up for this Saturday for high noon. Um, Showdown. Uh, man, let's go ahead and jump right on into this uh, recap because, uh, oh, man. CJ Stroud should have got the Heisman after today. If the award was given out at that present time, then uh, he definitely would have won it. But uh, unfortunately, which could be fortunate, we have a couple more games to play, and he has a chance to really pad those stats. Uh, C.J. Stroud was absolutely amazing, man. I mean, there's not too many things that – well, not too many bad things you can say about him, man. He had a near-perfect, near-flawless game, my brother. Near-flawless. Only three misses. Only three drops. 32 of 35. 432 yards passing and six touchdowns. So he played one series in the second half. That was in the third quarter. Uh, he did set a record, though. He did. Breaking oh. JT Barrett's completion record that. Uh, he did, 17 straight. You know, that was set back when we played uh, Penn State. <clears throat> he set the, um, the passing record for um, completions in a row. He also tied the record for touchdown passes in a game, in which he did in one half of work. Yeah. yeah, and I believe uh, Haskins held that record. As well as JT Barrett. As well as Justin Fields. You know, we sat up here the last couple uh, couple episodes and was sitting there talking about how the offense needed to have a 
a dominant game. That offensive line is just gelling. It's gelling. I'm glad to see that it's not so much rotation. They've kind of whittled it down to like a six-man rotation. And I can deal with that a lot more than, you know, having eight, nine, ten guys rotating because, you know, you have to gel. Those guys are gelling. They're playing well. They're up for the Joe Moore Award. And um, I really see them coming away with this award, man. They're looking pretty good. They're steamrolling people right now. Yeah, they uh, they sitting there gelling, you know, real smooth, you know. Um, it allowed our rushing game to continue to roll. Absolutely. Anytime where you rush for over 200 yards in a game, um, the, the offense is, 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 is carrying pretty well behind that offensive line. I mean, you have over 400 passing, over 200 yards rushing, man. They're just crushing guys, man. They're lining up and they're doing basically whatever they want at this point. You know, what a, what a showing for senior day. Master Teague, 21 carries for, you know, 95 yards. One touchdown. You know, his touchdown did come, I believe, in the uh, end of the third quarter. Late. And late uh, the whole crowd was chanting for him to get it. I think it was a pretty good feel-good moment for the team. You know, he's a guy who's put his heart and soul into the team. You know, he's had injuries. And he's had a couple of youngsters, uh, you know, springboarding. And, uh, you know, that could be a difficult position to be in as a player, especially when you're really committed to a program. But he stuck it out. Um he kept fighting, and he had his day. They threw him a bone. I'm glad they uh, they threw him a bone, and uh, he had his day. I'm glad he actually stayed and didn't decide to transfer. Um, you know, he was a big uh, big influence on uh, on Travion Henderson and uh, Mayan Williams as well. He um, just a leader in that that running back room. And what what better guy to learn from? You got a guy who tore his Achilles and came back. And all only time he took off was the offseason. That's amazing within itself. I mean, to, to, to come back from an injury like that and then not really pout when he gets in the situation that, that he's in now. Because a lot of guys, you know, with seniority, they automatically feel like they should be the guy. But – not here at Ohio State. You know, you, you, you have to be the best guy. Uh, they, they put the best players on the field, and that's what makes it so attractive to some of these young recruits out here because they know that they're going to have a chance to play if they are the better person and they're practicing the way that they're supposed to practice. You know, you got to give it that 110% effort, and uh, sometimes you don't always come out, you know, on top in that mm-hmm. aspect, and that's that's what happened with Teague. He got caught up. It's an unfortunate situation, but like Jay Money said, I'm glad that he stuck around. It just uh, makes the death better. And uh, what what better guy to learn from than going through a situation like that? And uh, he could just preach to the younger guys, like, look, you can go through this and uh, you can still have your day. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then we uh, – <laughs> we're just going to – we're, we're going to talk about the career day. Chris Olave, the man. <sighs> Man, he broke the record. Um, I'm sure you guys know who held the record, who is now in second place now. Uh, the great David Boston, man. Shout out to Boston, man. He was a complete terror on that field. But uh, Chris Olave did uh, overtake that record, man. Um, three, three-star three rated recruit, man. This guy's came a long way, man. He has. Um, you know, the, the trio that we have here at Ohio State, Chris Olave, JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, and Garrett Wilson. You know, they're calling them Earth, Wind, and Fire now. Yeah, I heard about you that. Know, heard that, and, heard uh, that nickname, and they, they kind of actually like it. That's uh, and, and they got Smokey Robinson as, as C.J. Stroud, so, you know. Makes perfect sense in my mind, man. What what better nickname than them because uh, them on the field together is like a smooth, old-school R&B track, man, and it's just music to my ears. I know it's not music to any of the defenders' ears, but, uh, hey, man, they're kicking butt, man. Hey. They play so well together, man. They play off of each other. The energy that they're feeding off each other is just tremendous, and I would hate to be a defensive coordinator at this point in the year because they appear to be (laughs) well-oiled, and they're ready to go, man. Man. They're churning, man. And did you know this about Chris Olave? He only needs 152 more yards to reach that 1,000 mark. He has not had that in his his tenure here at Ohio State. Which is uh, astonishing. Considering really? the years that he has, <laughs> that he's had. But uh, thinking about it, man, he's a guy who gets into the end zone uh, 
We make a lot of big plays through the air. And you got to think about this this Ohio State offense. It's really predicated on spreading the ball out and getting the ball to his, all of its weapons. So I can kind of see, you know, to where he – why he didn't get it. But it's still kind of astonishing to me. I can't believe it. But uh, he scores touchdowns. That's what he does best. I mean, we had, you know, Paris Campbell and Terry McLaren and, you know, K.J. Hill in front of him. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. Hey, that was a converted running back into yeah, a receiver. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. He was sweet. Oh, um, but man, that over-the-shoulder catch he made on the one-yard line—beautiful body control. Got his foot dragged that, dragged that right toe right there at the <laughs> end, man. That was a phenomenal catch. And uh, that shows you what you know, what kind of player is he's the able to go, man. And to even keep, you know, he looked like he was losing it, but them hands, sure hands, some of the surest hands you'll see in the nation. Uh, and uh, you can pretty much say that about any of those top three guys, man. Sure hands, Chris route running, speed, power, athleticism. They find the holes in the zone, man. They 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 eat people alive, man. Uh, I would say I feel sorry for the defensive coordinators out there, but I do not. You hear me? I do not. Deal with it. Hey. So we're gonna talk about them hogs up front. As I said before, they're uh, nominated for the, the Joe Moore Award, which is uh, given out to the, the best line in college football every year. And they've actually been nominated a few times within the last couple of years, I think most recently in 2019. But that award went to LSU's line. And, uh, you know, that offense was tremendous. And it, it kind of reminds me of our offense this year. It's humming at a, a record-breaking pace. And, you know, the big part of that is the offensive line. And that blows our mind, too, Alex. You know, no Bolitnikov finalists, you know, but, hey. We'll take the big trophy at the end. We're not worried about those individual awards, no matter how much it sucks. We all know who's supposed to be there and, you know, who should actually win the award. But uh, it's all good. They can have their little side piece trophies. I mean, it, it should be all three Buckeye receivers, you know, but, hey. Who are we, right? Should be three of the top five, but, like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of biased. Just a little bit, you know. It's all good though. What Wait, a do- what a dominant day by the uh, <laughs> the crushers, the bone crushers, the skull crushers, whatever you want to call them. That defensive line was locked in. Hey, I tell you what. As far as a complete game, this is the best game that the Buckeyes have played all year. They were rolling offensively, and the defense looked uh, <laughs> untouchable. For a second there in the first quarter, they were giving up a couple of those third and longs, and it, you know, I start sweating a little bit. I'm like, ah, here we go again. But I tell you what, man, they tightened up, man. Uh, they went on the sideline. They made a few a few adjustments, man, and uh, that defense was kicking some butt, man. That's the best game that they have played all year, and what a time to play like that. Yes, it was. I mean, you coming into the game, it was talked about. Can we stop the run? You know, can we stop the play action, you know, because once that running game starts going, that play action, you know, is open up all day for Jalen Naylor and uh, Jaden Reed. Reed. Yeah. But, you know, what what a, what a way our defensive line, you know. Tyreek Smith, Harrison, you so know, you Zach think, Harrison. Think they made a statement or what? I think they made a statement, but they will make the statement I at agree. the game. I agree. And we'll, this weekend. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, you know, like you said, the defense, man, those, you could actually use the moniker Silver Bullets because they was flying around, knocking people around and uh, getting the job done, man. Uh, they held uh, Walker, Kenneth Walker III, who is a um, Heisman Trophy finalist. Well, we'll see Not on anymore. Saturday, but he should be. But uh, six carries for 25 yards. He had 29 total yards for the whole game, and that defense was suffocating him. And uh, they did exactly what they needed to do. They stopped them at the point of attack. And uh, that pretty much disrupted the whole Michigan State offense. And I do believe they took him out at the end of, towards the end of the second quarter. Yeah. They, they said it was an injury. <laughs> but uh, uh, His yeah. pride was hurt. Yeah, something was hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then what a way, you know, for Court Williams and Tommy Eichenberg to, you know, Tie for the most tackles in the game. And a name that we haven't called pretty much all season was Court Williams. 
It was a pleasant sight to see Court Williams, man. He's very athletic. It looks like he's starting to adjust to the speed of the game. Looks like he's fully healthy out after that injury that uh, he sustained. And uh, I believe he's vying for more playing time right now. He looks very comfortable back there. Um, I'm hoping he does. You know, we had some other uh, some other freshmen come in there and step up big. And one of our all-star, you know, outstanding corners – Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke. I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about him this going in this week. Shoulder. That shoulder. It didn't. I didn't see exactly what happened. Maybe he might have overstretched it. Yeah. It, it well, he he messed it up on uh, breaking up a pass, uh, which he does a lot of. Well, I can't say a lot because they're scared to throw on his side of the ball. But uh, when they do um, throw that ball, he challenges it and. Um, he did tweak it a little bit on that challenge. Uh, they did. He did come in a couple series after that, and uh, the reports as of right now is that he's fine and he's going to play. But it is something to keep an eye on. Definitely, we definitely want to monitor that and watch that closely because he is our uh, number one corner. Number one corner in the nation. He is, in my opinion. Yeah. As a true freshman, reminds me a little bit of a uh, Darrell Revis. That, that that reminds me. There's there's some. Um, there's some rumors about a guy that might be uh, mm. coming this way. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Mm. If we get him. He should have been a Buckeye in the first place, but uh, we'll, we'll give him a chance. He, uh, You know, if we could get him, you put him and Burke out there on them corners. He tried some of that Louisiana cooking down there. He didn't like it too much. So uh, he I might. think he only went for the women. He might, he might be headed back this way. We don't know, man. We'll see. Uh, don't keep your hopes up on that because he was a guy that we were hoping to get in the first place and he didn't come. But things fell apart down there, which we knew they would. You got to come here. This is where the stability is. This is where the winning happens. This is where it's built. You want to be a winner, you got to come here, man. I mean, there's other places you can go, but you're only going to come in second, third, or fourth place, man, unless, uh, you know, unless you're – the Canadian Saban up north. Unless you're Nick Saban and those guys are, you know, doing some type of sorcery down there. I don't know what's going on. but uh, <laughs> Hey, you're right, Alex. Sign me up, too. <laughs> um, Stat-wise, man, we put up the most yards all, you know, all season. You know, six, it was uh, 655 yards total. I believe that's the highest total of the season. Yeah. You know, 449 yards passing. We did have one interception, however, that was credited to Kyle McCord. Um, an errant pass, which yeah. I, d I don't agree with Ryan Day putting him in because that burnt his red shirt. It did because he was already at four games. Yes. I, I never thought about that. But I, I think in the grand scheme of things, it won't, it won't really matter much. Um you know, CJ's going to be out after next year. I mean, if he keep, continues to play the way he's playing, there's no way he's staying after next year. Then let the battle begin between, you know, yours and, and, um, and McCord. Um, I agree with you that uh, he shouldn't have been in the game so soon, even though it was out of reach. But I feel like when you got records just setting on the table for you to capture, which uh, CJ only needed one more touchdown pass to break mm -hmm. the record, and – about 50 more yards to uh, be the first Ohio State quarterback to throw for 500 yards in a game. Yep. So and I was I was kind of bummed out about that, but um, if that's what we're bummed out about, we had a hell of a day. Man. And then, you know, going into that, 206 yards rushing, you know, production from all three of our top running backs, we had them there all healthy. One thing I did forget about when we were talking about them hogs up front. What's that? Thayer Mumford came out in the Blocko jersey. Did he? Yes. I didn't see it. Thayer Mumford came out wearing the actual Blocko jersey on senior day right after Chris Olave. And the whole stadium was rocking from jump. And the one report I did get, we had 104,000 plus. And the stadium's really only supposed to hold 102, so hey, we had a great turnout. It was rocking, was definitely. There, it was rocking. The atmosphere was right up there. Might have been was right up there with the Penn State game. Uh, actually, the atmosphere at Ohio Stadium has been rocking all season long. Even even the Oregon game, I got to say, you know, 
Um, Even though we were quiet for most, of we the game. we were quiet for most of the game. But at the end of the game, when the when the fellas start coming back, that stadium start rocking, and this this is the livest that I have seen Ohio Stadium in a long time. And I've been coming to games for years. All the home games this year, they have been rocking, and I think that gives the guys juice, and they've been playing up to the crowd. Yes, they have. I mean, it was it was definitely rocking. Stars of the game. I have C.J. Stroud, Chris Olave, and my man, Court Williams. What's your take? I like it. I like those picks. Uh, those are the sexy picks. You going for the big sexy picks? Is that what's going on here? Of course. You know, I mean, I got I got my number 86 in the shoe, you know, shirt on. Shout out to Dron Cage. Yeah, shout out. These shirts are nice. And, you know, I got the, the Stroud. You can't see my, my Buckeye necklaces in front of it. But uh, my players of the game, I'm going to piggyback off of where I went last week. First, I'm going to go with the O-line. The O-line played phenomenal. If it wasn't for the O-line, Stroud wouldn't have thrown for nearly 400 yards and six touchdowns in the first half. Okay? Second of all, I've got the defensive line. Those two units together completely dominated the game and uh, made it take a turn for the worse for Sparty there. Uh, you know, for a minute there, I was yelling out to those Sparty fans, Sparty needs some milk. Sparty <laughs> needs some milk because they was real weak. And, uh, you know, that's all uh, because of the uh, the domination in the trenches. In the offensive line and the defensive line, they get my players of the game because they completely dominated. And uh, that's uh, what I'm kind of expecting going into next week. They did it at the right time. They did it at the perfect time. Um, I think they're ready to go. I think they are too. Um, just one more, one more funny fact. We had fifty-four tackles and nine tackle for losses, right? Mm-hmm. Sparty had eighty-six tackles and six tackles for loss. So that just shows our defense how dominant we were to be able to get them to go three and outs, maybe four, you know, maybe four or five and outs. You know what I'm saying? Just to man. Only have 54 tackles and still blow the game out of the water like it was. You know, I was I was with Tyvis Powell. You know, I wanted to see 100, 100 to nothing. Because that pass defense for, you know, Sparty was it's atrocious. It's the worst in the league. It is. It's not only in the league. It, in, in, in the country? In the country. It's the worst. Um, yeah, Alex, there were some empty seats in one of the end zones, and, you know, we still had 104,000 there. So, <laughs> um, but, man. Yeah, that defense totally dominated, um, and, and like you said, it definitely reflects on the difference in possessions because uh, – and, and, and one thing that we fail to realize when it comes to this uh, Ohio State defense this year is that the offense – is going to put up, uh, you know, an exponential amount of points, meaning that the defense is going to have to play a lot more snaps. So we fail to take that into consideration sometimes, and we kind of get down on the defense, and rightfully so, because at times they weren't playing up to their capabilities. Uh, they weren't matching the schemes and the intensity and uh, things of that nature. But, um, you know, they really showed dominance on Saturday, even with all the extra possessions. And like I said before, I think that was uh, pretty much um, stemming from the defensive line play. So when they're playing well, you got those linebackers coming up and making tackles, and those cornerbacks are just sitting there feasting. They're just waiting for Thorne to make a mistake. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, we have a special edition of this show this week. It is rivalry week. It's, it's hate week. It's hate week. It really is. It's um, that team up north, uh, we will not use, uh, I can't even say it, <laughs> Red X. So, with that being said, we got two questions of the day for everybody. Go ahead and hit them with those questions. First question is, in what year did the gold pants tradition begin? Answers after the answers will be after we go to commercial. But the second one, second uh, question of the day is: is who are the only three players 
to ever play for both Ohio State and Michigan. I bet you I know at least one of them. Cheater. Well, I don't cheat. I just <laughs> you call my brain my brain that that supercomputer that is that is inside of my brain. If you call that cheating, then uh, I, I am going to test your I'm knowledge to uh, this week, Alex. So yes. uh, don't cheat either, Alex. We're watching you. Google is not allowed in this one. We'll have that answer when we come back. We're going to go on a short break. If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next sports emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air Network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash Columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well. The theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player, that is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. If you've ever dreamed of a career in the sports production industry, your dream could come true. The Ohio Media School is enrolling their next sports emphasis class soon. You'll learn about all the different aspects of what goes into the broadcast that you watch or listen to. Go from behind the scenes to the front of the camera. You'll also get hands-on opportunities to practice your skills through the Score On Air Network. Call the Ohio Media School at 614-655-5250 or visit beonair.com slash Columbus. In sports, you want to have a player that can get the job done right every time. A real all-star, somebody that's dependable and you can turn to when the game is tough. That player in the audio-video industry is the theater. From setting up your home's Wi-Fi network and offices, conference rooms, to setting up home theater inside or outside, to setting up the systems to make your home run smarter and safer as well, the theater people can do it all with the quality of professionalism you can expect every single time. That isn't just a great all-around player. That is an all-star. That is why we are the leaders in audiovisual installation in Central Ohio. So call us at 614-604-6327. Or check out our website at ttpcolumbus.com to figure out which products will fit you. And don't forget, amplify your personality with the theater. Welcome back to In the Shoe. Um, thanks for bearing with us for that short break. Do you have your answers ready for the two questions of the day? Um, go ahead and run that first question off, and then he's going to give the answer, and we'll see uh, which uh, one of you got it. So the first question of the day was, in what year did the gold pants tradition begin? 
It actually began in 1935, stemming from the 1934 game between Ohio State and Michigan by Coach Smith when he said, of course we can win. Michigan puts their pants on one leg at a time just like we do. Mm-hmm. So James Myers and Alex both were sort of right. Partially, partially. Um, second one I see I got Alex stumped on this one. and I'm, I'm over here excited because, you know. He swears he's a supercomputer. <laughs> so, who are the th- only three players to ever play for both Ohio State and Michigan? First one was Howard Yurgis. He played for that team up north in 1945, and then he also played for Ohio State in 1943. So, he actually transferred from here to there. Second one is J.T. White. He was on the 1942 Ohio State National Championship team, went off to war, came back, and transferred to the team up north. And actually won a championship. Yeah, and then he won the championship. And then the only other one is Cheating Justin dog. Bourne, where he transferred from that team up north because how Rich Rodriguez came in there and changed the whole atmosphere. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, it really wasn't going to make a difference because that program was going down in the toilet anyway. But uh, Zach Bourne is the only one that I got. He he stumped me as well. It's Justin but Bourne. the reason why it was so tricky is because I automatically thought about players that were transferring from meat chicken on over to us. And that's where it kind of got tricky for me because I couldn't think of anyone except for Zach Bourne, uh, who is a legend. Um, if you uh, ever want to Google a good picture, you can see that picture of him standing over top of Devin Gardner, uh, telling him who his daddy is. And that's what we're going to do again on Saturday. I said I.O. So with that being said, Mr. Producer, do we got uh, that song ready? For all y'all out there, you know, we uh, we got a special song for you guys going into this preview. Welcome back. How do you feel about that public service announcement there? How do you feel? I'm loving it. Man, that's probably the best song I've heard this year, man. How about you? Still good. So, you know, with that being said, let's jump right into this preview. What are your keys to the game? Well, first of all, give me your keys to winning the game for um, that team up north. For the Canadian state up north, my keys for them to win is, one, they have to establish their run game to be able to get Cade McNamara, uh, McNamara and uh, J.J. McCarthy uh, involved in the game. Those, those three combos right there, if they want a chance to compete, they need to get those off and running off the ground. You know, don't do like their little brother did and, you know, win the coin toss and defer to the second half. You know. Maybe too late by then. Yeah. Um, other than that, defense, you know, they're going to – they're they've gone up against all these other teams and it's averaged out to, 
the to rank the, all the offenses at 83. Right. You know, they're the number seventh ranked scoring defense in the country. We're the number one ranked offense. Offense in the country. So they have not went up against an offense like us. Absolutely not. So with that being said, their defense needs to find a way to get pressure on C.J. Stroud. Um, Which has been very hard to do this year. It really has. You know, they pressure him. He does. He has shown that he can make some mistakes. Um, but other than that, and three special teams. I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that. Um, it's it's pretty. It's a pretty simple formula for them. Uh, run the football because everything is predicated off the run. Uh, when they're able to establish the run. Um, they can get a little of that play action off, and uh, that's how they get their big plays. That's how they get their big hits when they throw the ball is off of play action and when they're running well. Um, they're one of the better rushing offenses uh, in the league. Um, so if they run the ball, um, that'll, that'll uh, open up some things for them downfield, and um, that'll be one of the keys for them. Also, like you said, is their defense. Their defense is, I believe, eighth, seventh or eighth uh, in the seventh. country. And um, like he said before, those numbers are a little skewed because I believe the best offense they've faced is somewhere in the 40s. So uh, it's been kind of up and down, but they've, um, they've faced the 105th rank uh, offense. They faced the 80th rank offense. So I think those numbers are a little bit skewed. They've been playing teams that don't really uh, throw the ball all that well, and they don't have a line like Ohio State. So the team up north, their keys to victory is to run the ball, play defense, uh, stop our run, which is going to make us one-dimensional. We love to throw the ball, uh, which which could be a problem for them. But if they keep everything in front of them, they'll be all right. But um, the the only other thing they can do is pray. They're going to have to pray a lot, because, and they're going to have to pray that this offense has a an off day. That's all you can really hope for. Um, those are their, their keys to, uh, to victory, with the main one being prayer. I should have said that first. They're going to have to pray a lot, and that's not even going to work because God is an Ohio State fan. But <laughs> what are your keys to winning the game for Ohio State? For the Ohio State, open up the playbook. I believe Ryan Day has two different playbooks. He has your regular season playbook, and then he has the game playbook. Open it up. I'd like to see more jet sweeps, more crossing, because that has been a major factor in the team up north to uh, – they can't. They they don't have the linebackers in the middle, you know, like like they used to, like we used to, you know. The the crossing routes, you know, when the team up north went on the revenge tour, well, so called revenge tour, um, the crossing routes killed them. And by the time you know they went to make adjustments at halftime, it was already out of hand. So with that, open up the playbook. Unleash Travion. Unleash him. You know, he might get tired. You might have to throw mine or, you know, Teague in there for, you know, to get him a, some some wind and get some water. But unleash him. Let him go. I agree. Go, you know, go with more outside runs. You know, set up those third and shorts with, you know, Teague and Mayan running in between the tackles. But let him loose. Let him loose. And then the defense, I'm going to say defense. Play the same defense we did against, you know, the Spartans. And uh, I believe we might be finally taking ownership of that stadium after this weekend. I believe we already own it, but this will be uh, more confirmation of that. They already know that as well. Um we don't really like to claim ownership of it because it stinks. So, uh, you know, we'll just but keep we that. But we can use it as a – But we do own it, man. I, we was thinking about just renting it out as one big porta potty um, You know, we were thinking about that. Uh, but I mean, uh, it is a second, you know, you know, second practice facility away from home. So it, It's a hole in the ground, and that's how we get prepared, uh, <laughs> you know, for some of the tougher teams because when you're uh, playing in a funky, stinky uh, environment, it, it really makes you tough, man, makes yeah. you strong. Who um, do you have? What's the score? Uh, wait a minute. Uh, my keys for the OSU Buckeyes to win this game is, number one, for the offense, I just think we need to play a nice, clean game. 
long as the game is clean, everything will work itself out. If we don't have any, uh, you know, uh, stupid penalties, um, anything setting us off schedule, uh, I believe the offense will hum. There's not too many things to say. This is the best offense in the country. If they play a nice, clean game, they will roll regardless. doesn't matter what they do. And on defense, they have to make that team up north one-dimensional. If they make them one-dimensional, as you said before, like they did Sparty, if they make them one-dimensional and they can't run the football, they're going to be in trouble because then they're going to have to start slinging it. That's not in their game plan. They're not built to do that. If we can make them one-dimensional and make them throw the football, they're going to be in deep trouble. Those are my keys for the offense and defense. They got to make sure that Blake Corham is playing. And they better start singing Living on a Prayer, too. So Yeah, yeah prayer. Um once again, pray that that <laughs> that word prayer is coming back in there because they're going to need it. So, with all those keys to the to victory for for us, what's the score? I my score is going to be pretty close to last week's score. I'm going to go with fifty two to thirteen. Um, I just don't think that I think early on they may score a touchdown or two one. Probably, but once um, the defense gets acclimated to the game, I don't think it'll it'll even be close. I'm gonna go with uh, 62-17. Um, as much as I would love to see Ohio State hang 105 points on uh, on that team, because you know Ryan Day did say that we are uh, he was gonna hang 100 on them, but you know they got scared last year and. Uh, Canceled. So, with that being said, I'm going 62-17. Um, I, I do like your pick, too, Alex. I just don't think they're going to get 21 on us. 62-17. I wanted, I wanted to go in the 60s, and um, it depends on if we get the good Ryan Day or the evil Ryan Day. If we get the evil Ryan Day, I think we'll see somewhere in the 60s. But um, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be cold. Um, uh the team up north does have a pretty good defense, even though they've never faced an offense like ours. They do have a pretty good defense. So I believe in between possessions they will slow us down here and there. But they don't have the offensive firepower to trade punches with OSU. So I believe, um, you know, OSU starts pulling out early, and then uh, it's, it's going to be bad. All right. I'm going to stick with 52-13. to 13. Sticking 62-17. All right, it's locked in. Um you guys can go ahead and shoot us up uh, your score predictions. We see um, Alex was 63 to 21. Hey, that sounds pretty good to me, but uh, I would hate to give up 21 to them. But if it's sort of a shootout, I can see that happening. Uh, maybe in the first half they score most of their points. But, uh, yeah, it could get ugly really fast. All righty. So tonight we do have the third, third week of releases of uh, – the college football per, uh, playoff projections. And uh, we know there's going to be a bunch of bias towards the SEC as ESPN does have stake in that conference. Um, I did see something on TV today, like I was telling you how Nick Saban pays, uh, pays the committee off with Aflac money. Aflac is a proud sponsor of College Game Day. Well, we knew that uh, coming into here. We know who's in bed together. Uh, you know, uh, we see them um, at the <laughs> breakfast line together. You know, at the hotel, they're all cozying up, eating scrambled eggs and hash browns. So we know what's going on. We know those guys slept together, but it's okay. It's all about playing playing it out on the field. And it uh, doesn't matter who's there. You still got to win the games. So uh, you know there's going to be some SEC bias in there. But I really see uh, a shakeup coming. I see a shakeup coming tonight. I see uh, OSU moving into that second slot. Uh, when you compare resumes and when you compare wins and losses, Ohio State definitely deserves to to jump Alabama at number two. I think that's going to be the first shakeup. I do too. Um, I believe it's still going to be Georgia number one. Absolutely, without a doubt. <clears throat> you don't even have to speak on that. Georgia's proven throughout the year that they're the number one team, even though they haven't played anyone. Um, I got Ohio State at number two. Um, of course, you know, the way that we just dominated over the weekend. Um, three, I have I have Bama at three. 
Um, I'm with you there. I had Alabama at three as well. And I have the Nasty Natty at four. Hey, we're thinking on the same wavelengths here. I have the same top four. Um, my reasoning is pretty similar to yours. Uh, I had Alabama at three after us because I think all the teams behind them, they will beat. Even though they're having an off year, it's still, it's still Alabama, and they still have the best recruiting classes in the last 10 years. So, you know, just their talent alone is going to win them a lot of games. And, and they, they got old they got old Tricky Nicky, man. And uh, Yeah, Uncle Nick. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the best in the game, man, hands down. I give it to him right now. And then from my five and six, I've got, of course, the team up north at five. Uh, you know, their record speaks for itself. They're coming in on a high. They've, they've been playing well. They're one of the more complete teams in the nation. And, you know, you got to give props where it is. We watch the games, and when I see the games, I see a complete team. They're very physical. Um, can they keep up scoring-wise with some of those other teams? That remains to be seen. That question will be answered on Saturday. I don't think so. But as far as what they've done up to this point, I have them at five. And I've got the Fighting Irish at number six. They've been, uh, ever since they got whooped on by Cincinnati, man, uh, they've been playing some pretty good football. See, that's where we defer. I got Notre Dame and the Fighting Freemans. Um, Shout out to Freeman, man. You know, Marcus Freeman, you know, one of the best defensive coordinators out there right now. Um, I got him at five, and the team up north from Canada, I got them at six. Why is that? I just feel like the quality loss that Cincinnati has toward, or Notre Dame has towards Cincinnati, you know, was a an eye opener, and it was towards the beginning of the season, and so since then they've turned around. And have, you know, have they've they've been on a nice little tear, you know, recently. I have the the Canadian state up north at six because, yes, they uh, they lost to 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 Sparty, but look what we did to Sparty. You know what I'm saying? So, and they also let Sparty come back from a 17 point deficit. That is so true. It was up thirty to fourteen, they they squandered that. You know what I'm saying. So with that being said, you know they uh, they became the official you know spokesperson for uh, choke soda, choke cola, whatever you want to call it. Um, Hairball and uh, his team. He did have his pants set on fire. Um, he tried to stick a heater up his pants. Yeah, or he got too close to one, and that's actually only pair of. Real pants he has besides khakis. He should have wore khakis. Yeah. Um, So, with that being said, that's why I have them at six. After this, you know, this weekend, they're out of the top ten. Absolutely. And then, you know, in that thinking, it's, you know, the higher they're ranked, the better it is for us. So, you know, I'm pretty sure um, they're they're – they're going to be ranked pretty high. They're going to be ranked pretty high. I think they'll be ranked uh, over Notre Dame, but that remains to be seen. You know, the Big Ten is definitely a strong conference this year. We could talk about the standings in the Big Ten. Uh, with uh, OSU beating Sparty, they're out of the race for the East. And then in the West, you basically have Wisconsin, who um, has everything in front of them. If, if, they win their, if they win their game this weekend, then they're going to the uh, – the championship game out west there. And everything is going to be decided Saturday at noon in the hole where's daddy versus son. Yes. And we will show them. Who's your daddy? <laughs> so with that, we got some key top ten matchups this weekend. Let's get right into them, man. Let's go to the number one game, which is basically going to be like a bye week. But we're going to talk about it anyway because that's what we do on the show. We discuss everything and we break it down, uh, you know, so that people can uh, see what's going on around the country. So we got uh, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Which is almost like, you know, Georgia going up against Whitehall Yearling. Um, Georgia, hands down. You know, Georgia Tech is not the – the Georgia Tech of olds, you know, 90s. They don't even run the option anymore, I don't believe. No. 
Yeah, it's 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 uh it's gonna be an absolute drubbing. Um, Georgia's probably gonna try a couple of trick plays to get ready for the uh, SEC championship game. Work out the bugs and get all their young guys in there to get get some playing time to get those guys ready for next year. This one is not even gonna be close, man. Georgia's gonna smoke these guys. The only way that Georgia Tech can win is if Georgia plays their four string water boys. Or um, or Georgia gets stuck on a freeway or something there, you know, yeah, and the bus doesn't come. They don't show up. That's the only way Georgia Tech wins. Next one, we have uh, number three, Alabama and the Rolling Tide Pods versus <laughs> Auburn and the, the War Eagles. We have the, uh, what, the Iron Bowl there. Um it's a pretty big game. Some people like to compare it to the game, which is our game. I don't even think it's close. It's 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 a big game every year, year in, year out. But uh, to me, the tradition, the story, the fights, um, the outcomes, it doesn't measure up to me. You guys can go ahead and uh, let us know what you think. Which What do you, what do you think is the best rivalry? But uh, in this particular game, I would love to pick the Tigers, but I cannot, um, being that Bo Nix is hurt. Uh, I know they're at home, but um, I think talent wins over a shaky team. Uh, the Tigers are real shaky right now. Um, yeah, I, I know what you like to do here, but I'm going with Bama. I, I'm not. I'm not fooling around. Um, the Tigers don't have enough without Knicks, man. I'm going with history. The last time Alabama was ranked in the top four and came into the Iron Bowl, uh, Iron Bowl, and Auburn. Was not ranked. They upset Alabama in the fourth quarter with a 99-yard, I believe it was an interception return. No, it was a it was a field goal. It was a missed field missed goal. Missed field goal return, return 99 yards. But come on now, I'm going. That, that, that's an anomaly. That's not. It's it's that's not, not it's not an anomaly happen. because when you talk about history. Of Alabama coming in as a top-ranked team into a rivalry game, I think Auburn has their number in these in the last over the last ten years. Alabama playing Auburn in the in the Iron Bowl when Alabama is ranked and Auburn is not. Yeah, but Auburn gotta, has had Alabama's yeah, but, number. But yeah, but you got to look at who's playing and everything. Sometimes the history, it's Auburn just, really it's just like it. our game. History history don't mean nothing once that whistle blows. So if they don't have their number one quarterback, man, they're going to be in trouble. I think that's going to go about as well as your new Mexico I'm, State pick, I'm, man. Hey, I'm going with <laughs> But I ain't, mad, I ain't mad at you for going out on a limb there. I, I'm not willing to go that far. I'm not stepping out on the ledge. But I like I like, I like I mean, the – But uh, when you can barely beat an LSU, a 4-4 four, a four four LSU in, you know – the league is down. It's top heavy. We know that. It's and top you heavy. know when you you barely you know eke out the win against Arkansas, they barely beat Florida. I mean that's what I'm saying. And now Florida has no head coach because you know Alabama broke them. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to take the talent and the um, the uh, the coaching to win this game. All right, I'm going with Auburn. I ain't mad at you, baby. Next that's one. That's why up. we do this. Next one up. We got Cincinnati versus East Carolina, man. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. This is my upset special of the week. Psych! Cincinnati <laughs> is going to pound them. I don't even know why we have this on here. Why are we even discussing this game? Cincinnati rolls in this one. I agree with you. I, I think Cincinnati makes another statement this weekend. You know, heading into the AAC championship game against, I believe it is, Houston. Or uh, Memphis, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Cincinnati makes this another statement. It is in East Carolina. Um, you know, so I am going with the Nasty Natty in a blowout over East Carolina. All right. Well, we've got the fighting Irish and we've got those fighting trees. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> the fighting sycamores versus the fighting leprechauns. Uh, what what a matchup! I mean, just just hearing that blows my mind. Just <laughs> makes my brain hurt just thinking about it. Uh, I got Notre Dame big. Um, Stanford hasn't really won anything since they beat uh, lowly Oregon. Uh, you know, they haven't been playing that well. Uh, that program's been going down for the last two or three years. 
Uh, I think that coach is uh, looking for greener pastures. He should take the USC job. That's what he should do. But uh, we don't we, we, we don't know what's going on in there. I, I like Notre Dame real big in that game. I'm going with uh, the Fighting Freemans. You know, I, I I love what Marcus Freeman does on the defensive side. You know, he did some stuff. Uh, you know, at Cincinnati last year. Um. He's just one one heck of a, you know, defensive coach and the way that he came in there. And that's what, you know, Notre Dame was lacking over the last couple of years with Brian Kelly and some of the coaching staff that he's had. Right. Um, they didn't have a defense. You know what I'm saying? And it was evident when, the, you know, it was apparent when they played, you know, Alabama in the playoffs and, you know, Monte Taylor's uh, imaginary girlfriend didn't show up to support him. But um, such a sad story, you know, uh, man, they have a defense now. So if for some reason, like I said, uh, you know, Alabama, you know, loses to Auburn this weekend, the top four going into uh, the actual playoffs would be, you know, Notre Dame and Cincinnati would be in there. Well, that brings us to the next game. Um, this is a big one. It's a big one. Um, and I actually think the winner of this game has the inside track in getting that fourth seed uh, in the playoffs. Um, they still – they all, they both have one loss, and they still have the championship game to go. It's going to be hard for Notre Dame to keep either one of these teams um, – behind them simply because of the championship game. They won't have a championship game to qualify. Uh, they had already lost to Cincinnati. I believe that the winner of this game will have a pretty good chance in getting into the top four. And with that being said, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. I believe they're the more physical team. Uh, they like to run the football, which uh, brings out the best in their team once, they're, once they establish the run. Uh, they, can, they can beat you up and they use, um, you know, clock control to to wear the defense down. Oklahoma is the same old thing. They have a high power offense. They can have an off day here and there, but the defense is not up to par. Um, thank you for going there, Alex Grinch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you for going there. That's all I have to say about that. Um, the defense is not up to par. I like Oklahoma State in a close game. I think they win by three. If I'm going with Oklahoma State as well. And the reason, like you said, you've touched on it, they are a more physical team. Um, right now, I just feel the only thing that's keeping Oklahoma afloat is Caleb Williams. Absolutely. You know, he did take off for a nice run, you know, over the weekend. Um, it just seemed like nobody wanted to tackle him. So, with that being said, I'm just – that's all I got – Oklahoma State is the more dominant, is the more physical team. Yep, I believe. Uh, I believe it's a two touchdown win. Um, it is in. Uh, it it is in Stillwater this yeah. year. So, with that, we're going to go even deeper south and go to the battle of Mississippi. I like Ole Miss. Um, good old Lanes whipping up his uh, magic once again. Uh, pretty good team. They uh, went from the middle of the pack to maybe one of the upper-tier teams in the conference. Um, I like Ole Miss. They have a better offense. Um, it's going to be a pretty good game, man, but I like Ole Miss by 10. I'm going with Ole Miss as well. Mississippi State has shown some, you know, glimpses throughout the season. I don't think they put together a complete, you know, game this week. I do believe uh, Wayne Kiffin is um, – has turned helped turn them back around, and uh, you said by ten. By ten, I'm gonna go two. I'm gonna go by two scores. Okay, I just like the way Matt Corral's playing. Uh, he's got that offense going, man. They look pretty good offensively. I love offense. Uh, you know, it's looking pretty good. I think it's gonna be a struggle for Mississippi State to keep up with them scoring wise, even although they they have a pretty physical defense themselves. But, uh, like I said, I like Ole Miss. And that leaves us with the last game, which is always the last game. It is the game 
We've already given you guys our sport, our score predictions. Um, I believe I said uh, 52 to 13, and he said 62-17. Uh, 62-17. I like his better. I like his better. But um, my pick is my pick, and his pick is his pick, and you, you got to live by that. Um, I like Ohio State big. I like Ohio State big. There's not too much to say. If they play mistake-free football and they make the team up north one-dimensional, it's going to be an easy day for the evil Ryan Day. They do got one one thing to say about the Canadian state up north. Now, it's a question to you, though. Why is it always windy here in the state of Ohio? Because that Canadian state up north is always blowing. <laughs> That's true. That is true. You know, so with that being said... We got a lovely uh, reminder of what week it is. and uh, It's hate week. O-H-I-O. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for stepping with us in the shoe. And don't forget to check out our uh, big brothers, the Buckeye Bro Show. Check them out. That show for, is hilarious. For a special edition, Thanksgiving edition, on Wednesday at 730. Keep your ears open. <laughs>